Welcome to the Random Ask Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the name, this is a podcast where we bring on random guests, we ask them random questions, we try and learn a little bit. We have local people that know what they're doing and are masters in their field, and we try and just have a little fun while we're trying to get a little educated. I'm Taj Sander, a local realtor. I meet a lot of cool people in real estate. I sell good houses, I buy good houses, let's get into it. Joining me on the show today is Heidi Mundell. Um, she is a vocal coach. And, well, why don't you tell me what you are? Because oh, okay. I, w- I think I might forget a couple of things. <laughs> I forget sometimes, too. I was trying to make a list. I'm like, what am I really? So um, primarily, I'm a singing teacher. Um, But I have lately expanded into um, doing a lot of vocal coaching. So for public speakers, TED Talkers, podcasters, and so on. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't really realize. When you said vocal coaching, I thought you meant like as a singing coach or trainer. uh, Mm -hmm. But now I'm nervous because I'm like, (laughs) crap. No worries. Am I going to be? I shouldn't have said anything. I'm going to be critiqued this whole time. No, you are not. (laughs) Feel free. Feel free as we're going to critique me and tell me how I could be better because nothing would make me feel worse. (laughs) Right in in live time, just be like, hey, by the way, you shouldn't do this or this. I would love that, actually. That would be great. I'll take notes for later, okay? Okay. So appreciate that. That's going to be awesome. We'll (laughs) we'll revisit that. But so you're from Kamloops or... Kind of, or what? What's yeah. the deal? I was born and raised here, and okay. then I went down to Victoria and for my bachelor's, and then I did my master's at UBC, and um, had about a 15-year opera career, singing career here in Canada, and then I moved to Germany, and I lived there for the past 10 years. Oh, wow. Whereabouts in Germany? In Frankfurt. Nice. Yeah. I have family uh, out near Frankfurt, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, oh, man, I can't remember what the name of the town is, because... I'm not a very good cousin. <laughs> I just know, like, there's somewhere in Germany. Yeah. Like, eh. Next time you go travel, you'll be calling them. Then you'll oh, get yeah. to Oh, yeah. Then I'll find out. <laughs> when I want to go do a little Euro trip, I will definitely find out. Yeah. But, okay, so you did your bachelor's and your master's. What did you study? I studied voice, and I did my master's in opera performance. So how, like, at what point were you like, this is something I want to pursue as a career, this is my passion, or... How did you come to that realization? Well, singing was um, something that I thought really was just a hobby. It wasn't a real thing. So yeah. people were asking me since I was 12, oh, are you going to be a singer? And then are you going to be an opera singer? And I thought that was ridiculous because I hated opera. And then I was um, actually, it's a requirement in the undergraduate to do extracurricular activities. And one of them was being in the opera course with the Pacific Opera Victoria. And there was one rehearsal. Clearly, it's it's a an important moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> there was one rehearsal where a woman was standing up on stage and she was singing one of the arias from Don Giovanni and my whole body like flushed through with this energy and I heard this sound like you can do that. And I thought opera was a bit of a joke until that moment. Wow. I didn't like the big wobbly voices. Well, guess what I have? A big wobbly voice. <laughs> so that's when I fell in love with opera and then I just started pursuing singing from there. So how old were you when that happened? I think I was 21 or 22. Because that's wild to me. Like, I 
I'm not a big opera guy. <laughs> so like just to see like what it was that happened in your life to be like, that's the way that the rest of my life is going to go is kind of interesting to me because it's not really even nowadays, it's not really a music type that people listen to quite frequently. It's either not like, here, but no. in Europe, it's different. And really? so, yeah, that's why I then eventually went to Europe because um, well, that makes uh, sense. over there, <laughs> it's so normal to meet opera singers or, or to go to the opera. But here it's just it's different culturally. So, yeah, it's a little more unique. Yeah, I don't know the last time I went to the opera in Kamloops. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think because there isn't any. Yeah, I think it <laughs> might have been. Uh, You'd have to go to Kelowna. Does Kelowna have the opera? Kelowna has an opera. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I haven't been here for a while, so maybe there are some things that have developed um, that I'm not aware of. I don't think so. Um, I mean, especially not lately with COVID and whatnot. So yeah. it's kind of been pretty quiet on uh, on that front. But that's super cool. That is super cool. So you... We're in Frankfurt for a while, and were you just doing the as a, or were you just working as an opera singer, or did you do other stuff as well? Well, I was training um, with some great coaches, doing auditions and um, singing over there. Um, but uh, I took a really big shift about two years, two three years into my time over there, where I opened up my own studio. And um, I mean, I've been teaching for over twenty five years, but. There was just a wonderful opportunity. It's quite a long story, so I don't know how many stories I should go deeply into so we can come back and <laughs> we can circle around to them. But I had a wonderful opportunity to have my own space, my own studio, and literally, literally from one night to the next, I had 40 students and my own like world of teaching. In 40 Frankfurt. students every night? No, like every day. So oh, it was, every day. Okay. you know, from one day, I for the first two or three years, yeah. I really struggled finding, I was auditioning so much, finding jobs, finding students and things, because I was so focused on the singing. Um, and um, through unfortunate circumstances with the music academy over there, um, where there were contract discrepancies, I'm trying to be very diplomatic here. Um, <laughs> They screwed you on the paperwork. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. what that did is that screwed them on the paperwork and all the students came to me in my studio. And so I was really fortunate that I got out of a really bad situation into an excellent situation. And then for the past eight years, I've had an incredible studio that we've developed and grown um, yeah, into beautiful places. That's really cool. It's funny how life works like that sometimes mm -hmm. where uh, immediately it seems like you're going through some hardships, but then... It kind of paves the way for something better. Absolutely. So I'm glad that that worked <laughs> out. Um, how did you make the decision to go from Frankfurt back to Kamloops? How did that come about? Family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I mean, man. during the pandemic, I, uh, of course, for many, many people, there was all that normal questioning, where should I actually be? And yes, it was a very challenging decision because I had a very successful business there that was expanding. I had just recently moved to Wiesbaden and expanded into another studio and a lot of workshops before the pandemic. But as soon as the pandemic happened, um, I couldn't do my workshops anymore. And um, I knew that that was my passion. And then I thought, OK, well, what do I do now? And so, you know, I just then started examining my life. And my mom one day said, well, aren't you ever thinking of coming back to Canada? And I went, 
hmm, how about that? <laughs> so um, again, it was a lot of um, a series of events that then really kicked my butt to coming as soon as I did. Um, you know, they, again, because of the pandemic, they shut down a lot of the studios because of renovations, they shut down my other studios. So where I'd been working for eight years, it didn't exist anymore. So I'd basically have to rebuild over there or rebuild over here. And um, what was really cool is I didn't have to completely rebuild at all because most of my students were used to working with me online. So I still work with all my German clients. That was my next question was like, how, how hard is it to like shift to an online base? Because I know, well... First of all, for me, I need to be in person because, um, as you saw before, I'm on my phone or I'm like <laughs> just daydreaming and things. But like, uh, did you find that the transition to being online is easy? And how did that come about for you? So actually 10 years ago, my little brother and I, we started up an online singing academy. Cool. Um, so he was he did all the film work and helped me with the inspiration, getting it, everything up online. Um, but at that time, I noticed that with both my colleagues and with the students that they didn't really think learning voice online was a real thing. You know, some tried it out, but it was sort of um, in extreme situation. Yeah. Then I'll find a teacher online um, if they couldn't find a teacher in their area or so on. But um, I had been teaching online this whole time because I had a number of students in Vancouver that okay. I taught while I was in Germany. And um, so, and I was traveling and doing workshops around. And so then I could kind of teach everywhere in the world. I love teaching in person. I love that vibe. It's, you know, it's a totally different energy when you're together in person. But when it comes down to the work, what you're learning, what you're discovering about yourself, um, you need to find the right coach. You need to find the right teacher for you. And so it's a huge opportunity to now have access to all the teachers in the world. You're not you're not stuck in, you know, who teaches in town. You can say, who teaches in the world? Yeah. And I want to work with them. And um, so it's a really wonderful experience. Now, also because of the relationships with my students that we didn't have to toss that all in the garbage, what we've been developing over the past eight years, um, just because I was moving to Canada. Yeah. So. Hmm. Do you ever find it, though, like you're on like sitting on a Zoom call or something and like the microphone is just like crap and you're like, oh, man, I don't even know what to tell this guy. I, I don't know. I, or, like, I, how, how did they, they have like specific setups that they're like, are they singing into like professional microphones or is it just like their like laptop? You know what? Most are just laptop, phone, iPad. Now, I decided not to go super high tech because it brings a lot of complications into it. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, maybe... I'd have to talk with some of my colleagues, but maybe it's just because my ear is trained to hear things through even messy frequencies, you know? So because I've been doing it for such a long time, Skype was the format most people used and the speakers were terrible 10 years ago and the delay and everything. So, you know, when I'm on Skype or Zoom now, I mean, I could do a WhatsApp video chat walking on the beach, you know, on my phone and give a lesson. So hmm. just because again, you can hear enough. Yeah, because once you've been doing it for long exactly. enough and you're able to pick it up. That being said, some of my students do a lot of recording, so they work with me with their okay. professional equipment okay. so that we can get a more accurate. Uh, Got it. Yeah. So we're lucky enough to be working here in a professional studio. Yes. And how do you find the sound? I right? love it. It's great. <laughs> hey. Mm. But what about my voice? <laughs> Your voice has what? a lovely timbre. <laughs> now, now I want I want the feedback. I want to hear. Okay. Live coaching. So what kind of opera 
could I sing? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Now, I'm an opera singer personally, but um, no. I can tell you that uh, that the the artists that I work with, I mean, most of them sing something else: pop, yeah. musical theater, rock, even heavy metal. Um, you know, R&B, and um, so wow. it's not just classical singing that I teach. I wrote myself off um, at a very young age as uh, not being able to sing because um, I wasn't talented, but I was smart. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people do yeah. this. Yeah. And I've been saying this lately, so I'm just going to say it, is that there's um, something where people are sometimes so sensitive in their ear to tone that if their own voice doesn't really sound perfect to themselves, they'll quit and they'll call themselves tone deaf or something else. And yeah. then they never develop the skills that will get their voice to match up with what they want to hear. So it has to do with technique. It doesn't mean that somebody's tone deaf, you True. know, very often. I yeah. just felt like the amount of work I would have to get uh, the amount of work that I would have to do to get to a point where it would be like decent would be a lot more than like other people. It's <laughs> so, a lot of work. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It was a lot. Not for you specifically. I'm not saying uh, that. I'm saying <laughs> you're a lot of work. Dude. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You've got no. Th oh my goodness. <laughs> no. So remember when I told you that uh, every one <laughs> one out of ten people on the podcast cry? It's oh, usually no. me. <laughs> Something like this happens, and then I'm like, oh, oh man. <laughs> I was really hoping that you'd be like, no, your voice is great. <laughs> it is. Didn't I say that earlier? Lovely Tomber. Uh, we just, we'll set that on some tones, and we'll have you recording some R&B yeah, here just gonna in a be, moment. It's going to be through auto-tune. <laughs> like, hey, this is now it sounds good. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. I, I'm, I'm good in other ways, I think. <laughs> Uh, okay, so tell me more about yourself. So you moved back to Kamloops, and I, I can totally relate to that for family reasons. Um, that's one of the reasons why I chose to move back to Kamloops and what kind of stay in Kamloops was. My mom had, like, a bunch of, like, a laundry list of health issues, and I felt bad because I was like, oh, you know, I love my mom, so I want to be close and just mm -hmm. treasure the time that I do have with her. And... Um, yeah, I just never left, so I'm mm -hmm. still here. My mom's still around, thank God. Nice. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it was like it. It kind of drew me back, and it's funny because I see Kamloops doing that to a lot of people, especially like thirty or over. That like something will happen, and then they're just like, "Well, we want to go back and settle down." But how are you finding it after being in Frankfurt for so long? Because Frankfurt is like that's a world class city. Like it's it's pretty awesome. I've never been, but I've heard great things. <laughs> it is uh, definitely a culture shock. Also because I vowed never to come back to Kamloops. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, but everything, you know, p things have changed. People have changed. I've changed. I mean, there's really a huge growth in culture here that I've noticed. And, um, you know, when I was here as a kid, there wasn't that much in the form of artistry. And that has really developed. You know, there's so many performing arts, visual arts. I mean, even the streets are painted now. You know, it's yeah. so great. My, my daughter goes around running around saying, look at that beautiful one. I mean, even the Mexican restaurant down the back alley here. Yeah. She's like, isn't that gorgeous right next to the garbage cans? I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. So um, it is definitely a contrast. Um, but um, 
I think the biggest thing that I'm adjusting to is the population and sort of the demographic. So that's yeah. one thing, you know, being an entrepreneur here in Kamloops is adjusting to the demographic. And that's something that I'm still doing. I'm still sort of observing and sniffing out what's going on in town and how can I contribute. In Frankfurt, I didn't need to do that. In mm -hmm. Frankfurt, I could say, here, I feel like offering this this week. Let's see how many of the hundreds of thousands of people who live in the city are interested in that. You know, you throw something up on Meetup and you get 20 people and they try it out and some stay some go it doesn't matter next week you can try another idea yeah and here i'm approaching everything a little bit differently i'm more looking at what are my colleagues doing who are my colleagues in town fortunately and i know, I know quite a few of them from kiss from this wonderful yep. music program they do um here I, I directed a musical for them three years ago and met some wonderful people one of them is actually teaching my daughter ballet right now oh, that's <laughs> so, super cool. you know i love that about a small town it's like wait a second i i just randomly pick a dance school and the, then the teacher is, you know, somebody I worked with three years ago here. And, um, you know, I'm running into school colleagues um, on the street or in the library or wherever I go. Um, so that's a very different feeling that you're going to run into everybody that you know. And in Frankfurt, you're kind of invisible, which I also appreciate. I like that. I like reinventing um, myself on a daily basis. <laughs> I like I resonate with pretty much everything you said. Um, because that was one of the things that I loved about going to like even visit other cities. And like when I was younger, I would spend a lot of time in Vancouver and Seattle and that small town feeling here where, you know, everybody it's super nice and it's super comfortable, but it's also kind of refreshing just to go somewhere and just be lost in a sea of faces and not have anybody recognize you. And you can just kind of like, enjoy yeah. yourself it's, that was it's like a weird thing i don't know how, like what there's a specific definitely. word for it i but. i remember again it was a, one of those clear moments i arrived in frankfurt i think i had been there a couple of weeks and i remember i found a starbucks which was weird for me in germany because i didn't think they were big there but it gave me this feeling of home but then i walked into this big square which by the alta opa which is old opera yeah. this gorgeous house i think probably one of my most favorite places in all of Frankfurt and I sat on the steps and I sat there and I went I'm not gonna run into anybody I know and there was like this <sighs> you yeah, know it's kind of so it's refreshing I don't know what it is about yeah. it but I, it, the one thing I did find was that after like an extended period of time Exactly. In that, I started missing camp, that's, and that's that's, that's like the it. weird trade-off, right? And, and you know, and being in a town like this, then the, your community—I mean, it's, there's a lot about community building, but it becomes your family. Absolutely. You know, when you really—and that's what you're doing here, aren't you? Yeah. You're nurturing this communal family that yeah. we want to create here, um, with you know, in dynamic ways. <laughs> that's like that's exactly it, because you know, we come from kind of different walks of life, and you're an entrepreneur i'm an entrepreneur but we can kind of relate over that and the thing is that when i see other people doing something that's cool or different it's just i see part of them in me and vice mm -hmm. versa and i'm like i kind of get these people and i want to help them right yeah. and it's coming from the same place helps a lot because it. it's changed quite a bit now but like back in the day like everybody knew everybody and it's starting to grow quite a bit and most people still know each other yeah. but what like what I don't want you to date yourself, but you're going to have to. <laughs> like, what year did you leave Kamloops? Oh, that I, I don't even remember. Roughly. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
Mm, let me think. <laughs> I have to do some math in you my head here. <laughs> you ballpark it. Is it that long ago? <laughs> I'm always young at heart. Yeah. Um, I think 95. Okay. Awesome. Because I moved here in 98 from Merritt. Okay. I was born in Kamloops, grew up in Merritt. And one of the things that I've seen this city, like the one of the best ways I've seen it mature is through the university and how much more diversity there is now because in that era probably like 95 to 98 it was probably very similar and i remember like one of the funniest stories that i have looking back now is i moved here and most of the east indian people were in brock and north shore mm -hmm. and we moved to valley view and i started going to school with the kids in valley view at uh, ralph bell elementary and when i got there they're like oh okay like you look a little bit different like what are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Indian. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So you live on the res. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> they had, they oh, had no idea. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, no, actually, India is a country. <laughs> yeah. But like now with uh, the university TRU bringing in so many international students, yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Um, so speaking of diversity, so um, I have a child of mix, mixed race, and yeah. it was one of my things. I was sort of um, stalking Kamloops before I moved here. I'm like, oh, can I really go back there? And that was one of my biggest concerns is um, how has that developed over the years? And I spoke with some colleagues and friends, and um, and they, you know, let me know, yes, things have really changed here. Yeah. And that was so important for me because it's huge. Um, I feel like there was, you know, very limited mindsets around diversity by like when I left here. Yeah, it uh, definitely so. was. It was like, yeah, I got to be careful on how I say this. Yeah. But it was it was very conservative, and it was like, it was almost intimidating, especially as a person of color, to go around and see like so many white faces all the time, right? And it was it was a little bit odd but then as time's gone on it's become more and more normal to see like different people from different ethnicities and it gives you kind of a, a sense of comfort knowing that hey like there are other people here yeah. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. and it's kind of nice um but yeah it was it's a lot different now than when i was growing up and I know even for, like, my hypothetical children that I daydream about, <laughs> I'm like, what are we going to do with my wife and kids? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? And as time's gone on, I'm like, you know, I feel way more comfortable with keeping them here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Not that I, like, that's way in yeah, the distance. I, I, it's I, only going to get better. <laughs> but, like, you know, I've had those thoughts before, too. And so, like, I can see, like, the, the hesitation people might have, especially leaving Kamloops in the 90s because that was – it was so different. Like just the culture of the city has changed so much between now and then. It's so nice to see now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really is. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled when I'm walking around and just, I don't know. It, it really has a very, a different feeling than it did when I was here before. Yeah. And, um, and again, it, there is this feeling of people are interested in connecting. They're interesting and interested in networking. They're interested in community. It's like people want to work together. That's, that's the sort of a feeling that I get from here. You know, even if it's, you know, they have an issue with something, but they want to work together on the issue. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird because there is like an odd sense of unity. And the more I travel around and go to other places, it's like even Kelowna. 
Kelowna feels more like a city. And although that has its benefits, it doesn't have that sense of community that we have here. Mm. And yeah, sure, they got an opera. <laughs> they have an opera <laughs> but, <laughs> with an know, excellent conductor. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's only a matter of time until we start seeing those things here. And like, are they so are there any opera nights or like how would. How would you go about setting that up that we can, like, people in Canvas could experience so, that? Actually, there's a fabulous um, symphony orchestra here, um, and um, they put on wonderful concerts, and they have fabulous singers uh, who come and sing there. And so that's they're doing a lot more like musical things and cabarets. I saw Western Canada Theatre Company was just offering something. So I'm just trying to get out there right now and see what is being offered um, and then see how I can feed into that. So one thing that I want to do is for my own students is, I mean, I've always done a lot of concerts for my own students and, um, um, you know, just invite the public to enjoy that. But I'd like to actually connect with my colleagues here and see if we can put on galas um, so maybe they're doing it already. Um, that conversation might happen next week <laughs> to find out what we can do now that we can do live performances again. I mean, Music in the Park does a ton of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, with opera, musical, all these things mixed in, it's always interesting. At least I find it interesting to mix the genres. I've never been to an opera and like trying to think back to like what my experience is with like any so i'm just thinking of like <laughs> godfather three when like yeah. michael's kid is singing in the opera and it's very yeah. limited and then that one old guy like eats the the whatever pastry and dies and like, like <laughs> so like that was very very limited. much it how did you not like it if you didn't get exposed to it because <laughs> i was like oh, there's no bass <laughs> okay <laughs> That's i was i'm a hip-hop head um well that's one of the things i'm i have a very eclectic musical palette like i'm all over the place i actually really like classical music um hip-hop classic rock jazz funk like i'm into everything um nice. so i don't think that i wouldn't like it i don't think it's not something that i'd be like i really dislike this but i think it would be hard for me to find the few nuggets because there's so much to go through mm -hmm. and it's like this is why they call opera the an appreciative art you know yeah. um it's really something that the more you listen to it the more you can appreciate about it and you have all kinds of hurdles i mean classical music that's great but you have to like vocal um like a huge variety of vocal sounds that a lot of ears aren't used to you know, it's very different to hear a lot of vibrato in a voice compared to what we normally get on the radio with pop music. You know, it's more challenging for the ear. And then most operas are in a different language. So you either have to read the subtitles or you have to read the or learn the language. I mean, it's something that really takes years and years. And then the stories are also archaic, but also, you know, you can interpret them into a more modern style, but it's all work. You know, you have to. You know, you don't just sit there unless you've done that work and just put it on and sit back and listen, right? Once you have, then you do, and and you can, I mean. See, I feel like I could get into that fairly easily because a lot of, like, traditional Indian music is in different tones mm -hmm. um, than, like, most Western music for sure. 
Uh, I have a little bit of understanding of Spanish, so I feel like I could pick up like the Latin and yeah. Italian out of it. Um, so I think like it's it's almost there, but then just finding those few things, like those few songs where I'd be like, oh. Do you know where I found people who have, you know, described it like you're describing it, where it's uh, the shift has happened is when they've experienced it live versus a recording or a video. When they feel the sound, the resonance of an operatic voice, a voice that can stand on a stage so far away in front of a, you know, 20,000 people and not need a microphone. You got to wonder at that, right? And then if you're up close to that, what that does, you know, as a vibrational experience, it's very different. So most people who have, you know, I've had them that have come to me and said, oh, my God, I didn't like opera until I experienced that. It was because they were experiencing it live and up close somehow. See, I'd be all about that. I love the live experience, live performance. Um, When I was in New York, I really wanted to go. But I went with my brother and he was just like didn't find it interesting (laughs) so we went and saw like some off-broadway shows that were both um really good but not the Mm -hmm. opera so i never really got to experience it live but it's like it's tough when you're just trying to recreate that feeling and you don't have that history because i guarantee like most of the people in our market or like in kamloops and our demographic aren't going to be listening to opera music or even know where to start like so what okay so what should somebody look up on spotify if they're like damn i really want to listen to some opera music what would be like a good (laughs) after after this conversation if they're like huh let's give it a whirl what would you what would you recommend gosh there's so much there but i mean it's pretty it's pretty traditional to um one of the most favorite operas is la boheme by puccini because the, um, the, the, the texture and the lines are very pleasant to the ear. And I think it's really important to, first of all, just hear something pleasant. And then you can get into the harsher stuff like, you know, Wagner or Verdi or whatever. I mean, Verdi's not harsh, but it's, um, there's a different kind of rhythmic quality or tonal quality um, to the music. But Puccini is really pleasant to listen to. Hmm. And okay. Again, me being the complete novice when it comes to this, like, so it's not just like one song, <laughs> like, like how long, how long is like an entire opera, and like, how do they record? Like, so obviously they record it, but then, how, so let's say if I'm like, okay, I want to listen to this whole segment or whatever. What is? I don't even know what it's called, but like, okay, the whole, if the you whole if piece. you think of a of an opera, have you gone to a play? Yes. Okay, yeah. so just imagine them singing the whole thing. So, yeah. so it's usually two hours. Um, of course, you know, some operas get to be three to five hours. Um, and But you do that later, okay? <laughs> three Start. To five. Okay, so like there's a five-hour opera where you go and yeah. you sit in a theater for five hours. Yeah. And like that's a haul. Like five, I, I don't even know if I could do that. That's <laughs> I don't know if I have the attention span to do anything for five hours. Well, that's the thing is, is that um, with with the quality of the kind of music, so some of Wagner's operas are, are the longest operas, yeah, um, and it, there's something about the music that you it can be experienced like listening to the ocean, that you know you know the story before you go in, and so then you just have the sound, and I mean, could you watch five episodes of a TV series in a night? 
Yeah, but I mean, if I, if I listen to the ocean <laughs> for five hours, I'd probably fall, fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. I don't know. But about it's so it loud, it probably won't. No, because no, the tones and the pitches are all yeah. different. That yeah. I'd probably. Oh wake no, up I fall. And... I fall asleep all the time. I. Uh, it was traditional for a couple of years. I would fall asleep always, like just before the intermission, and then I'd be awake for the second act. <laughs> Not when I'm singing, of course. When I was watching it. <laughs> what is the longest opera you've performed? I guess it's three hours. That's respectable. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite a bit. And, and you're not on stage the whole time, so. Okay. And then, and so, how often do they give an intermission? Because now I'm I'm so curious about it because I've never done it. Like on yeah, the so one a five hour one would get two intermissions for sure. And then a three hour one gets get one. one. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. And how long are the intermissions? Twenty minutes. Mm. And then, like, what do they have for like snacks? <laughs> let's get into the real <laughs> questions. Like, so let's say I'm in there for five hours and I'm like getting the munchies. What country are we in? Um, <laughs> because uh, you'll in Germany, you'll get pretzels and cake. Um, and uh, what kind of cake? All like, kinds of cake. Like oh man. I don't know. Like I'm getting into the offer right now. <laughs> that Strawberry cheesecake, some three-layer chocolate mousse thing, and an apple torte. So apple apple. T- pie or whatever <laughs> but um no you'll get sandwiches and um all kinds of stuff yeah and lots of wine lots of wine okay the opera sounds kind of awesome yeah. actually now that i talk more about <laughs> it and i'm like okay they give you booze and treats absolutely yeah yeah okay i could probably sit through five hours of it but man, that's it's such a different world to me and i do have like such an appreciation for people that are artists and performing artists of all different types that I would like to witness it and like see it happen, especially in Kamloops. I don't know how big of a turnout we would get, but I think it would be as something that would be like once in a while. Mm-hmm. I think we'd get enough people interested. Like I'm in, I would go. Yeah. So I hope that more people would listen to this and want to go, and then we can try and put something together. Yeah. Well, this is uh, the other thing. Opera is very expensive to produce in a you know high end kind of a way, um, and so I think that's another huge component to it. Um, that's why I think you know just having a lot of opera galas. You know, we're just seeing the local talent, and I mean, it's 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 exciting to you know to then get the hits as well i mean putting on a whole opera yes it's wonderful and i'd love to see that happen here but you're going to need a pretty decent budget and that's what all the music associations here will probably talk about so yeah i guess that's true because the opera is like a play exactly right? so, so like you, you need, need the costumes all the stage and sets hands, and the costumes the set the director the conductor it's a lot of money oh. Lord. This is why they don't just like, hey, let's put on an opera. <laughs> so when they do a gala, they just pick and choose. See, with a gala, it's pretty. It's like a mixtape. Well, with a gala, I mean, if it works with the Camelot Symphony, if they want to do it, which they do. They yeah. do that already, which is wonderful. Um, because then it's just about hiring the singers in with what they've already created. Um, so, But you can also have like an aria evening. Um, so that people can get exposed to opera. So that's what I'm interested in. I mean, yes, I love all the big shows, but what I'm really interested in is getting people to experience things they haven't experienced, love things they didn't think that they could love, and also perform and do things that they didn't think they could do. 
you know, we're not going to have a whole bunch of world-class opera singers in Kamloops because there's no work here for them. But we are going to have a lot of up-and-coming up artists. So I know a lot of singers who've gone he from here and moved on to UBC and are doing their degrees and so on. And they need an environment where they can practice their arts before they're thrown into the deep end in a university and let that be their first exposure to performance, you know. So they might be young. They might be, you know, fresh in, you know, you don't want to put 13-year-olds singing opera. But, I mean, um, there are people who are ripe and ready to sing. And, it, again, it doesn't have to be opera because I work with all the different genres, musical yeah. theater and everything. But get people on stage and get people listening to a huge variety of music in a really enjoyable way. Um, so, I mean, I also don't do just straight concerts where you, you see one singer go on the stage and then go off the stage. I like to create interactive, you know, storylines. And, and um, in fact, we did this thing. May I yes, share a story? Yes, please tell me. I'm, I'm <laughs> captivated. I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit proud of my students. I think they just had their 10-year anniversary. So um, I have these two girls who I taught. I started teaching them when they were 10 years old. And... Um, we would do these kinds of shows with a mix of classical music, so art song, musical, pop, um, and opera. And um, we would create these little, like we would create a storyline out of whatever music we wanted to sing, the songs that they all wanted to sing. And then we'd create a storyline. And we did this every year. And um, the girls just loved this so much. I mean, I took off to Europe and they created their own opera company. I mean, one of them, one family was really great with costumes and um, there's extremely gifted, talented girls. So they could sing. They had the brains to put things together, the administration and, you know, really put something on. They have now an extremely successful opera company called Opera Mariposa down in Vancouver. And so I'm sitting there in Canada or in, in um, Frankfurt looking back here at Canada going, yeah, if a little recital series, concert, playful thing can inspire people to create their own industry and be successful. Do you know what happened? Three years ago, they invited me to come and, and sing in one of their operas. That's and I cool. was I was totally honored because they've my own students created this uh, yeah. incredible opportunity that I could come there as a professional opera singer and, and perform with them. <laughs> I mean, it's that's what we're talking about, community and networking. And, and you know, let's take all the hierarchy out of it and um, let's just create art. Let's do something that inspires the world. That is like, that's one of the reasons why me and these guys at Ninth Lab here have been able to work together and why I'm like so dead set on working with these guys is because we have the same vision of yeah, we want to be successful and make lots of money and things like that, but I don't want to just make money and then, like, keep it in my pockets and, like, just count it all day. Like, I want to put it back into our community through events and, like, things like this where we can cultivate the scene and the culture that it needs, right? Like, I feel like there are so many young people and artistic people that just need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. Like, they're so close, yeah. right? And and it, this is, a, I can go on a little rant here yes. for a moment. <laughs> Please do. That's what we're here so for. This is, um, I find it's it's not just great. I think it's really essential that we nurture the young um, artists right now because we are becoming a much more socially aware um, environment, community, social, yeah, like, um, it. it's, um, sorry, these, these topics 
come really close to my heart, you know. So the things that have been happening here that we've discovered here, I'm not going to go into the whole topics, yeah. but here in Kamloops specifically, um, but, um, you know, what have been done in previous generations, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And yeah. so it's actually through our arts, through our businesses, what we're doing and giving back to the communities that is bringing awareness to the communities that is bringing healing to the people here. And if we don't do that, if we just push all of that aside, then we're just continuing the patterns. And so it's not just, oh, let's make money and do cool, fun stuff. It's actually a healing process. Um, and that's why I'm so deeply interested in involving myself here um, in Kamloops, because I feel like that's really necessary. That's really sweet. I never really thought of it like a healing process, but I just thought like it, it's similar but different. I always thought like it's just what we need to grow. Yeah, right? which we and, need uh, and, and we need everyone, yeah. right? And we need um, so that cop company as well. Um, the opera company I was talking about, they also work with a lot of people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, mental health, disabilities, these are all things that are no longer like shove it under the carpet. Let's bring it in. How do we integrate that? So yeah. how do we grow together, like really all of us together? And um, it's not easy. And no. we need mentors and we need um, people who can guide us along the way. And that's, again, something that I hope that I can be is to help people. Um, right now, there's a little bit of um, uh, a fad in, in, in or topic, theme, I don't know what to call it. But I have uh, quite a number of clients who deal with ADHD. And um, probably you know, me. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's, a little bit. Yeah. It's to some degree. Yeah. I think we all have it to some degree yeah. is how do we learn to focus? And it's so fascinating to work with them um, and help like through music and through technique. And, you know, the music helps us integrate the left and right sides of our brain. So how do we um, use our learning process through our music and then our voices and our presence actually manage things that could be a detriment to you being able to focus in school, for you to be able to hold jobs, yeah. um, you know, and then what happens when those people who are also highly intelligent people, I can tell you, every one of my students who has ADHD, maybe their teachers go, oh, that one just can't. But you know what? I see an incredible intelligence in them and, um, and it can be utilized Then it can be channeled, it can be um, celebrated. Yeah. You know, we want to celebrate um, our individuality. Again, this diversity. Yeah. Um, it's just No, I think that's huge. important. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think you're right. It is huge, um, especially for stuff like that. And I find it like because I was one of those students where I was like all over the place. But I found like I found things to be too easy. You know what I mean? So That's like it. It, they didn't have and then my they attention. didn't catch your attention. No. And I was like, I don't need to give this my full attention because, you know, I could half ass this and do this better than most of the people in my class. And because of that, I would always find ways to like either make myself or my classmates laugh because I was like, this is entertaining. And that right. was more of a challenge. But yep. yeah, you can only imagine what my teachers thought of me. <laughs> and wouldn't it be amazing if the teachers had said, OK, this person needs some extra work. They need a little something here, a little something there to keep them engaged. Yeah. And that's a lot to ask of teachers. But I do feel that they're moving in that direction. I mean, right now, even just this, that we have been splitting um, in-person lessons with online lessons. Yeah. That challenges the teachers. Um, for a period of time, we needed to stay more isolated in this last lockdown with Omicron. 
And um, all the rest of the kids were in person for all their dance classes and then for their school. Yeah. And the teachers stretched themselves to have my daughter online or to give us extra reading work or to assist us to homeschool. And, um, you know, this is all we're creating a more inclusive of whatever the situation yeah. is. So, I mean, I really think this pandemic has, sort of, has also shooken us up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Is, is that the right, correct English? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're all shook up. Yeah. I'm all shook up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's changed everything a lot and it changed the way we approach things. And it's, it's pretty neat to see because I like, I'm one of the people where I always think change is good. And it's like, we always need change. If you're not changing, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, then yeah, you might as well be. Yeah. And in order to do this, we have to, sorry, just put a little something in there. We have to find our own voice because that's where unique change comes in is when we embrace our own uniqueness. What is it that we have to offer? And this is what I love also here. I'm noticing in town, there are so many more people who are self-employed. Um, I, I don't know how I got so lucky, but the first few clients that I had here, they were all business owners. I'm like, I didn't know the North Shore had so many business owners. Yeah. And, you know, rather than everyone trying to fit in like, oh, I do I suit this? Do I suit that? There's like, no, this is who I am. This is what I want to offer. And they they offer themselves, yeah. you know, what they're passionate about. And that feels so different when somebody is doing something they're passionate about versus, um, just doing a job because they can. Absolutely. And that creates a, a different vibe and a different quality everywhere you go. I find that, well, for me, that's the same way where two things, because in my career, it's the same thing where you have to be doing so much stuff at the same time that it's very challenging. So I'm always engaged. But then the other thing I found was we had my accountant on um, last week. And he was mentioning the same thing that so many more people are becoming self-employed because they want to do these things that they love. And I find that when I'm working and I want to be working, it doesn't feel like work. Yes, exactly. Right. And it's like, no, this is just something I want to do. It's not like, oh, I have to go punch in and I don't want to do this. It's like, no, we got to do this. Yeah. And so it's a weird like mind shifts. It is. And it feels different. It feels completely different. I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, okay, he's a realtor. Yeah. So what if he was just doing this because, um, you know, his mom told him to. (laughs) It's like, you you know what, this is a good job. It's you can make a lot of money and good investments. But you know, if you go into the house and you're trying to show someone, it's like, oh, yeah, it's got this. Oh, yeah, it's got that good thing. And you you can tell by the person's presence and their voice, um, if they stand behind what they're showing. You know, it's obvious now. And so when someone stands behind it and they're passionate about what they're doing, people get excited. Yeah, I when I started in real estate, it wasn't something like I was like, I'm going to be a realtor and like, let's go. I was like, okay, I'll I'll give this a whirl. You know, you can kind of do what I want, work a little bit here and there. And then I got into it and I realized that you can't bullshit your way through this. You you need to know your stuff inside and out. And then that was when the challenge was presented and my personality type, uh, it was like, to me, I was like, I need to master this. I need to figure this out and I need to know how to do this as best I can and in a way that makes me feel good. And just figuring out that little formula, it's been awesome. And now I'm at that point where I feel like I can enjoy what I'm doing all the time, almost. There's odd days, obviously. Well, that's with everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But... This has been a really good conversation, but um, you still haven't given me any critiques. 
So I'm I'm waiting for them because I want you to tell me how I could be better. Hmm. We've, we've been talking for quite a while now, and it, I feel like you you got great audio on the headphones, so you can pick up my voice and see where am I lacking? What can what needs well, work? Well, see, that's that's the hard thing is is that it's the first I notice what isn't lacking. Okay, so can I start there? Oh, okay, cool. I like this. <laughs> Here come the compliments. Make so, <laughs> me feel good before you kick me down well, and just it's, crush me. <laughs> it, it's an, I, I'm really I'm tr- trying to think. So it, it's oh, an, it's not an education though for for people. You know, like yeah. when you're what, so what I what I appreciate is that you really connect with your breath when you speak. Yeah. You know, maybe you've decided to train that. Maybe it's come naturally. Maybe you know just found out it sounds better in the microphone when I do that. And then a more um, full like color so the timbre of the voice is fuller and more resonant which is great because you could sit here and talk to me like this and you could just be using one little tiny part of your voice instead of all of it you know Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes through also from personality if somebody isn't comfortable with themselves then they will maybe be speaking a little bit more chopped up and um, uh, you know there are a lot of I actually watch and listen to a lot of physicists and um, I'm like I want to I want to go and train them because the information is fascinating but it doesn't come across um, and so with you I'd want to just take you right to singing you know I'd be like let's just let's, let's you know and like start scatting here and see what happens and then because you know maybe your relationship is just with moving the sound with tones versus the actual sound quality because that just that's cool I never would have thought of any of that and uh yeah just a big spoiler here uh no lessons (laughs) there you go (laughs) self-taught it's all natural all natural but but it is something that i work with with speakers is you know sometimes we get a very monotone quality because people are wanting to be even killed and then you fall asleep after about five minutes right so um, so much of the work that I do so I, I work holistically I don't know some people know what that means some people don't but I work with the whole self which means I work with your personality your presence your psychology your spirituality whatever it is um, you know there are a lot of people who have been really traumatized in their lives and they just can't get their voice unstuck um, and so I work with all of all the skills that I have as a mentor and teacher to assist them to free that up um, because when you have that kind of free flow, your personality is relaxed, everything, we get color, we get melody, we get f- airflow, we get all the things that you get in music. It's just that we're not singing it on notes. Yeah, I can't, I can't do the <laughs> So that's the next thing. part. I don't know. Well, that's where the lessons can come in. Because it's not, the singing isn't just intuitive and natural. I mean, yes and no, we've unlearned it. And we've put some blocks up. You know, most people have put some blocks up around that. And so it's good to take lessons. So come on over. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe I will. Okay. So for the next podcast, you are going to hear a new Taj. (laughs) I'm just singing the whole episode. Like, hello, welcome to the show. That's it. (laughs) We can create a musical out of this. I don't know. There you go. You've got range. I mean, what am I supposed to criticize here? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty talented at almost everything I do. So there you go. Uh, and also very humble. That's I was just going to say. And he's so modest. Yeah. And humility is yeah. such a wonderful quality. Yeah, it's probably my strongest quality. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that's kind of interested in this or maybe wants to take some coaching, where can they find you? 
or like are you on social media or just so yeah i mean i have a website heidi okay, Mun- heidi mundell voice studio um dot com and uh how do you, how do you spell, spell my it? last yeah, name spell it out because <laughs> We're not Heidi, H E I D I, the Swiss girl from the Alps, M U E N D E L, and then voice studio. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Heidi Mundell, voice studio.com. We'll yeah. link it in the in little here. blurb. Yeah. But is there anything that you would like to close with and maybe give the listeners at home a tip about before we. Yeah. Um, one thing that. Um, many people don't know is the intense impression that a voice does give. So I, I do really enjoy working with people who are in who are professionals who have got their own businesses who want to align their their presence and their voice with what it is that they're trying to offer. Um, because you you know you could be the most intelligent person or have the best product ever um, and if your voice is trapped around sharing that information it's really challenging and I mean I love working with all kinds of musical artists so yes I sing opera but I've got tons of you know hip-hop R&B um, artists and um, it, I just feel like working not like using the singing technique to parallel life experience so that you can have basically live up to a greater potential so that's what I'd like to um, suggest I mean whether it's with me or with my colleagues um, everyone has something special to offer it's important to find the right coach where you feel comfortable it's kind of like working with a therapist um, where you want to become a better version of yourself well that's awesome I think everybody needs to become a better version of themselves in one way or another but um I think the easiest way rather than going to therapy is probably vocal coaching. So well, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot more fun. You don't just sit there and talk. You end up doing something super creative and fun. You know, you take yeah. all that energy and you and I'm a very silly coach. That's awesome. <laughs> well, a it, lot sounds, of it sounds fun. <laughs> but Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, I look forward to seeing what Kamloops does for the opera scene. Yeah, and thanks for having me. It's been super fun. Awesome. So that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, show me some love on social media. If you know of anyone that we should feature here on the podcast, hit me up. Or if you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate, drop my name.